Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Good morning, good morning, good morning. If you turn your Bibles to Acts chapter number 2, Acts chapter number 2 this morning. Good to see preacher and Aunt Faith here this morning. I want to say thank you, preacher and Aunt Faith, for your obedience and for coming to Williamstown, New Jersey. Because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be standing here being able to preach the word of God this morning. So I want to say thank you for that and the impact that you've had on my family's life for so many years. In Acts chapter 2, if you would please stand for the reading of God's word this morning. It was interesting because in the adult Bible class, it came up one accord. And I started to have a little smile on my face as we were discussing that this morning because that is my message this morning, one accord. And I was like, God's always on time. Always on time. Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse number 41. Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse number 41. If you found that this morning, please say amen. amen. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things common." and sold their possession and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Father, for this time, Lord, that we have to be in your house this morning, Father. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to wake up to see another day. Allow us, Lord, to glorify you once again. I pray now, Father, that you would bound Satan today, Father. I pray, Father, that you would block out any hindrances. And, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, be with your people here today, Lord. I pray, Father, that they would hear from you. I pray, Father, that they would not only be hearers of the word, but they would be doers of it. And Lord, I pray, Father, for me. I pray now, Father, that you would empty me of self and fill me with your spirit. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary and allow your church to see Jesus this morning, Father. We need you. I need you. We love you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. 
When you open your Bible to the book of Acts, and most of our Bibles, it reads the Acts of the Apostles. Truth be told, it could read the Acts of Jesus through the Apostles. Although Jesus ascended into heaven, the work he started on earth was still going on. While Jesus was on earth, he began the local New Testament church. For those of you that may not understand it, the church is not a building. The church is not a movement. The church is not an ephesus. The church is not even an organization. The church is an organism, an organism that is alive. And the church began with the Lord Jesus Christ. When the Lord Jesus Christ came to planet earth and at 30 years old, he began his public ministry, he called out 12 men. He approached them like this, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And then he selected others, and those 12 men would make up that what we would call the local New Testament church. They were called out from the world unto the Lord Jesus Christ, and those 12 men would spend three and a half years being taught by the Lord Jesus Christ. How would you like to be led to the Lord and discipled by Jesus? Yet they still had problems. It shows us it don't matter where you go. If you have people, you will have problems. And yet the Lord Jesus Christ built this church. He made this statement, upon this rock, speaking of himself, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Aren't you glad that the church has the promise of perpetuity? Because it has the promise of perseveration and the promise is based on the power and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said the gates of hell shall never prevail against it. Listen to me, when empires and governments and people and thrones and dominions fall, falter and fail, the church, the organism alive by the Lord Jesus Christ has the promise that the gates of hell shall never prevail against it. I'm glad to be a part of the church. I called out assembly of baptized believers congregated together for the purpose of Jesus gave them before he left. In Matthew 28, 19, and 20, he said, Go ye and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And lo, I'm with you always unto the end of the world. And Mark 16, he said, Go ye in the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And Luke 24, he said, And the repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name above all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And John 20, 21, he said, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. And in Acts 1, 8, right before he ascended into heaven, he said, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and ye shall be witness unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Listen to me. What Jesus was saying, he said, I'm leaving, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not going to come so you can run around and act a fool. He's not going to come so you can speak in tongues. He's not going to come so you can get emotional crazy. He's going to come to give you the power, the necessary potency that you can go and reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the business of the New Testament church. What a blessing. He told them, to tarry at Jerusalem for 10 days until they be endued with the power. And the book of Acts unveils to us what happened when the Holy Ghost came upon the church. You see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit had been prophesied in the Old Testament. It was something that he had been foretold by the Lord Jesus Christ. It was something that John the Baptist said that Jesus was going to do. And in Acts chapter 2, one of the miracles that called the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit of God came down over the local New Testament church, empowering them to reach the world 
with the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, that's a whole lot of gobbledygook. Yes. Listen to me. It's some gobbledygook you need to gobble up. And I'm going to tell you why. We got a whole lot of churches that are interested in feeding, and that's good. They're interested in telling people all kinds of things that's going on socially, and that's good. But I'm going to tell you, folks can get fed down the road. And they can find out social business on television. But when they come into the house of God, they're coming for a purpose. That is to be told about somebody who gave his life for mine, who was wounded for our transgressions, who was bruised for our iniquity. The one who left heaven, came to planet earth, was beaten, bruised, and brutalized. The message of the church and the primary of that is that he died, he was buried, and he rose again according to the scriptures. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't care what they are doing and what people are saying, it's still the purpose and the mission of the Lord local church to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's no question about it. And in Acts chapter 2, Peter, one of those 12 disciples, one of those disciples who stood up on that great day when the Holy Ghost came down, like Jesus said, and baptized the church in his power. And the same Peter that denied Christ, that same Peter in John chapter 21 that was ready to quit and to go back fishing, that same Peter repented got his heart right. And that day of Pentecost, Peter wasn't walking on water. I'm telling you what he was preaching. He was preaching the gospel. He looked at those Jews and he said, you killed Jesus, but God raised them from the dead. An amazing thing happened. When you preach the gospel, God pricked people's hearts. Did you hear me now? God pricked people's hearts. They called Holy Ghost conviction. I tell you, we don't see enough of it today, but I'm glad it still happens. That's when the gospel is preached, God pricks people's hearts. And people who have been there, when Jesus died, they attested to his crucifixion. That day, you know what? We believe he died. We believe that he was buried, and we believe that he rose a bit. And 3,000 people got saved. That same 3,000 got baptized. And that same 3,000 were added to the church. Now imagine... Now, when Jesus commissioned, there were 12 at the time of his death. Then there were 120 gathered in the upper room. And by the Acts chapter 2 comes, there are 3,000 more. Now we are at 3,120 when he started with 12. Do you reckon when the Holy Spirit power comes on the church, great things can happen? But it's right after that, the local church was on the move. Boy, I like to tell you something. Churches that are on the move. In Acts chapter 2, that the same group of people begin to establish a pattern of New Testament church Christianity that has far been removed from Christianity today. We call ourselves New Testament Christians, and we call ourselves members of a local New Testament church. But if we're going to be a New Testament Christian, if we're going to be members of a local New Testament church, our churches and our Christianity ought to look like Acts 2. And I'm not talking about Pentecost. I'm talking about Acts 2, 42 to 47. That's how it ought to look. That's how it ought to operate. That's how it ought to move. And I tell you that the hope for America is in the local church. I'll say that again. The hope for America is in the local church. The hope for the world is in the local church. Listen to me. It is God's program. It's what God has designed as a vehicle to reach a lost and dying world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, I come to church so I can be massaged. I come to church so I can gather friends. I come to church so I get a little Jesus in me as the week gets started. 
Listen to me. All of that may happen. But when you come to church, but I want to remind you that when you walk into the New Testament church that is housed in this building, you are walking into an organism that has been on God, originated as God's answer to the world to be reached with the gospel of the Lord. Watch this now. God has set you as a member in the body, uh, in the local church that will reach the world. You ought to feel privileged, and so should I. And yet, churches aren't doing what Acts 2 church was doing. Churches weren't doing what Acts 4 church was doing. Uh, Acts 5 church was doing, and, and Acts 8 church was doing, and, and Acts 10 church was doing, and Acts 11 church was doing, and Acts 13 church was doing. And then by the time you got to Acts 17, church members that turned the world upside down, churches aren't doing that. And I'll tell you why. Look what's missing. What's missing was those three words tucked in the middle of Acts 2, verse 46, with one accord. With one accord. That Greek word there is homo through madon. Let me tell you what it's saying. The church is unanimous. It means that that church is of one mind. It means the church is together. The church is in harmony. The church is united in purpose. The church is at the moment of unity. The church is of one impulse. The church is of one passion. The church is on the same page. In Acts 2, 3,120 people were unanimous. They were together. They were in harmony. They were united in purpose. They were at moment of unity. We were in one impulse. We were in one passion. And we were in one mind. And we were in agreement. And I'm going to tell you, they weren't agreeing on the same political candidate. They weren't agreeing on the same favorite color. They weren't agreeing on the same restaurant after church. They weren't even agreeing on the same football team. They weren't even agreeing on the same preference and weather. And they weren't even agreeing on the temperature in the auditorium. I want you to know they were agreeing on the purpose. They were agreeing on passion. They were agreeing on the unanimous of the work of God was paramount. Uh, they, the Holy Spirit's power was necessary and that the world needed to be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, there was a synergy and a dynamic of God's power that only could be experienced. We are in one accord. Now think about this. There's a surge of power release spontaneous in its action that produces a desired result. Remember that thermostat? When the room temperature meets the temperature of the thermometer, there's a surge of power that goes through a thermostat that either tells it to click on or to click off because the room and the thermometer are in unison. Think about this. People gathered together of one mind and of one purpose and of one drive in the book of Genesis to build a city all the way up to heaven. Watch this now. Don't miss this. They were doing it. <laughs> and because of the power of unanimity, God had to come and disperse their languages because God himself knew that the power that comes when people are unanimous will be lost when they are divided. In Acts 7, the very first martyr, Stephen, of the local church was killed because his murderers ran at him in one accord. You know what? That tells me there's a surge of vintage that comes when people get together on the same page. Now watch this now. I want to tell you that Islam is growing because they're in one accord. I want to tell you that Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons and people preaching false religion all over the world are growing because they're getting together in one accord. I want to tell you something that the local New Testament church, we are custodians of the truth. Aren't you glad we are not preaching heresy? We are preaching truth. 
Jesus did die, Jesus was buried, and Jesus did rise again from the dead. And I want to preach to Open Bible Baptist Church this morning. I can't preach to every church, but I wanted to tell you something. In 2022, I want us to experience a surge of energy, a surge of power that is experienced when every member, man, woman, boy, and girl, young, old, rich, poor, black, white, this track or the other side of the track, don't matter who you are, but when we come together and vote unanimously, not on the color of the carpet or the color of the paint or necessarily the style of the furniture, but when we vote together, we are on the same mind, of the same passion, of the same drive, of the same energy, and when we get on the same page, boom, a surge of energy from God takes place, and the church can be on the move. If not, we are a bunch of individuals doing their own thing. So our focus in 2022 should be in one accord. They were all in agreement on this agreement in passion. They were in agreement on purpose. We're not here to twiddle our thumbs. We're not here to, to flick marbles. And we're not here to talk about sports. We're here to reach the world. For a few moments today, with one accord, now I have. Oh, here we go. I, I didn't put a PowerPoint together because I have nine points. Whew. Some, somebody said, Phew. but I won't be long on them. <laughs> See, I'm going to hit them bam, 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 and then bam, 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 bam. If we all be in just one accord, amen. <laughs> Acts chapter 2. Now I want to tell you nine areas. In Acts 2, 42 to 47, where the New Testament church was in one accord. And that's why you can get 3,000 people joined, get saved, get baptized on the same day. That's why they could go to the temple representing God and heal a lame man in Acts 3. And stand in front of the council in Acts 4. And people could take knowledge of them that have that been with Jesus. And by Acts 17, they had turned the world upside down. i tell you why. They were unanimous in agreement. Now, what were they unanimous on? Write this down, number one, on sound faith. On sound faith. The Bible says in, in Acts 2.42, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Now, look here just a moment. If you and I are going to be unanimous, we have to come to agreement that the Bible is true. Amen. It amazes me that you go to churches today and there's a bigger premium placed on programs and music and drama and praise dancing and mimings and the coffee, coffee ministry. But listen to me, I'm not all for those things. No, I'm not. I, I'm not for all of them, but, but I'm for programs. I, I, I'm, I'm not for praise dancing and miming and, and all that, but I, I am for this. I'm for line upon line, precept upon precept. I vote Bible, B-I-B-L-E. You say, preacher, I don't like your football team. I don't like your choice of suit. I don't like your car. I don't like the same weather. I think Popeye's chicken sandwich is better. Plus, you can get it on Sunday. <laughs> That's fine. But you better agree with this Bible. And I'm going to tell you something. There were 3,120 that came together and said, it says if we agree with it, if it's written, we agree with it. Write it if we're going to do it. I tell you why. Churches aren't on the move because they can't agree on the Bible. I want to tell you something. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That means there was a credible source. 
You can write that down. It was the apostle's doctrine. That means it was man's doctrine. No, no. If you know what a true apostle is, it was one that was sent by the Lord Jesus Christ who had seen the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you, they got their doctrine straight from the source, Jesus himself. That's why I can stand behind this sacred desk with authority and without apology. And I don't have to tiptoe or lollygag or patty cake. I can just stand behind this sacred desk on a Sunday morning here and thunder forth the gospel without checking with the White House about being politically correct or putting my finger out in the wind and seeing which way the culture is going. No, we don't adapt to culture. We let the culture adapt to the word of God. They had a credible source. They had to continue steadfastness. See, they continue in the apostles' doctrine. You know what that means? That means they studied the word of God. They read the word of God. They memorized the word of God. They meditated on the word of God. And they obeyed the word of God. You say, preacher, how can Open Bible Baptist Church get on the move when every member and every day reads the Bible, when every member studies the Bible, when every member meditates on the Bible, when every member memorizes the Bible, when every member obeys the Bible? Preacher, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a deacon. I'm not even an evangelist. I'm not a theologian. No, no, no. But you are a member of the local New Testament church. You determine every day I'm going to get in this book. I'm going to put my nose in this book. I cleanse my ways through this book. John 17 says, I am cleansed through this book. Why? Because John 8 says, I'm set three through this book. Hebrews 4 says, I'm pricked and made alive through the power of this book. Why? Because in 2 Timothy 3, it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. I mature through this book. 2 Peter, I am fed through this book. Joshua 8, I get success through this book. Psalm tells us I desire this book. Job tells us I want it more than my necessary food, more than my sports, more than my exercise, more than my friendships. I need the Bible. They were one accord and sound faith. Number two, write this down. They were one accord and supplicating fervor. They not only had a premium on the Bible, they had a premium on prayer. How can Open Bible Baptist Church be on the move? When every member gets praying. See how popular prayer is? It's not, a, it's not a shouting subject, is it? Listen, I'm telling you, it is January 23rd. We are 23 days into the new year. Have you prayed yet? Pray. Men are always to pray and not faint. Why are church members fainting? They're not praying. We go to Ephesians chapter 6. And we list the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, the loins girded about with truth, the breastplate of righteousness. And we get all those things and we think, wow, those are all the armor. But we don't list the last one. Praying always with prayer and supplication. Ladies and gentlemen, prayer is not an afterthought. It is an active weapon offensive. Listen to me. The devil can get you coming to church. Uh, the devil can get you tithing. The devil can get you singing in the choir, but he can't mess with you when you are a prayer warrior. There was every one of them, 3,120 members given to prayer. Preacher, I want to be a part of Open Bible Baptist Church being on the move. Hit your knees. What do I pray for? Pray for your pastor. What do you pray for? Every parishioner. Uh, 
Who, what do I pray for? Every politician. What do I pray for? Pray for all your problems. What do I pray for? Pray for your petitions. And most of all, pray for people to get saved. Listen to me. If you got a problem and you can't solve it, take it to God and he can resolve it. And my friends, you get it through prayer. Number three. Told you I'm moving. They were one accord and steady fellowship. Joint participation and people based on something they have in common. Look at Acts 2, verse 42. And they can continue steadfastly in apostles' doctrine. And the Bible says, and in prayers. But look at verse number 42. It says, and fellowship. Did you hear me? And fellowship. Now listen to me. We need fellowship. I'm not just talking about sitting around and eating, although that's a great part of it. Listen, I'm telling you something. If we are together in faith, we can get together in fellowship. Watch this now. There is something wrong when Christian person does not like to be around Christian people. Let me say that again. There is something wrong with a Christian person that doesn't like to be around Christian people. You know, for 11 hours and 23 minutes a day, the average teenager spends on some form of social media. Now, let me tell you this. We got some adults in here that are in close competition. They may even beat them. Are you listening? When we only have time for social media, we don't have time for good fellowship. Listen, listen. We so social media crazy, we can all be sitting together in the same room and everybody on their phone not even talking. Texting each other side by side. What you looking at? <laughs> I'm looking at sports. What you looking at? I'm looking at you two. I'm right beside you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what the early church showed, what they were in agreement in. Christian people got together with Christian people. Well, preacher, I work so much. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not really, I, I, I mean, I ain't the fellowshipping type. Well, you're not the New Testament Christian type. It's fellowship. We have a common purpose. We got the same God. We got the same Bible. We got the same Holy Spirit. We, we're in the same body. We, we're going to the same heaven. We've been delivered from the same hell. I'm just getting started. They had a common purpose. Coordinated participation. You can write that down as a subpoint. See, the Bible says they had fellowship. Fellowship, they got, they got together. Aren't you glad we don't have to have everything in common? But if we're saved, we got the main thing in common. Number one, sound faith. Number two, supplicating fervor. Number three, steady fellowship. And then number four, here we go. They were, on, they were one accord in solemn fear. Solemn fear. The Bible said fear came upon every soul. I tell you what the early church was unanimous about. The fear of God. I said the fear of God. Why? Because they witnessed God's authentic power. And look at what many signs and wonders were done by the apostles. By the way, Jesus said it, it would happen. Luke chapter 24, he said, apostles, I'm going to send you out and you're going to do signs. And your signs will be confirmation of my scriptures. Do you hear me now? Signs were a confirmation of the word of God. And that's why we don't look for signs today. Because we have the whole word of God. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be witnessing God's power, amen? We should be witnessing God's power healing people. We should be witnessing God's power changing lives, restoring marriages, bringing rebellious people back to God. It ought to be in the house of God when we see God's authentic power, and as a result of it, they were all 
awestruck people. Fear came upon them. What do you mean? I mean, the people were in awe of God. They wouldn't do anything in church. You know, if there was so much more of us, of Acts 2, in the New Testament church today, I'd tell you what we wouldn't have. People wouldn't just come to church dressed any kind of way. I mean, we wouldn't have church members living in any kind of sin. And simply saying God was really awesome to us, we wouldn't be playing during prayer. I mean, we, we wouldn't be fooling around during preaching. I mean, we wouldn't rob God, Ananias, and Sapphira. If God was awesome, fear came upon him. How many of them of their souls would be saved? Solemn fear. Write it down. Number five. Watch this now. They were one accord in sacrificial financing. Ooh. Boy, this would kill some folks. Verse 45, look at it. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Write this down. Selfless gestures. Look at what was unanimous in the church. Everybody was selfless. Have you ever been anywhere everybody was selfless? You know what? It's sad. We're living in a day and age where selfish is becoming popular. All about me, what I want, what I need, what I desire. Listen, let me give you a 2022 revelation. It ain't all about you. What a church, a church you can go to. If another member in the church had a need, other members in the church would give up their goods so that the needs of the other members could be met. Now, sometimes instinctively, a needy person would go, amen to that. But that same person won't say amen when it's time to meet someone else's need. See, that was the difference. See, in the church, somebody say, you got a need, I'll do it. But that same person can not only give to a need, but could get from a need. And by the way, we're not just talking about public needs. We're talking about you seeing something and you're doing something about them. You know, sometimes churches are gifted with generators and not givers. You know what I call generators? They go around and find people to collect from, but they don't give nothing. In Acts chapter 2, there were needs met. You know what I love about Open Bible Baptist Church? That there are people that are not only moved by selfless gestures, but write this down, they have sincere generosity. Here's what I mean. They give and nobody knows. And in Mark chapter 12, when those people were dropping in the offering, Christ didn't condemn them for giving a lot. He commended her for giving everything. And sometimes we only want to give when it's noticed. Here's a free <laughs> pastoral commercial for you. If I was to take an offering for a need and pass the offering plate around and take an offering for the same need but announce it, what we were going to give, the second one is always going to be higher. Listen, if God lays on your heart to give something, you should give as much anonymously as you would do publicly. Because the need should be something that God has moved in my heart, not impressing people. Then some people you give to look at you like, that's all? That's all you're going to give me? You must not have heard my need. No, you must not have heard point number two, learn how to pray. Because you don't have to worry about God missing your need. And my Bible says he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All right, preacher, get off that finance part. <laughs> Sound faith, supplicating fervor, 
steady fellowship, solemn fear, sacrificial financing, and number six, they were one accord and spiritual focus. Now look at this. Bible says in 46, they continued daily in the temple. Watch this now. They, they came to church like in the upper room. They were gathered together until they got the power. And when they got the power in Acts 2, they came to the temple for church. Now, how can I be a member of Open Bible Baptist Church with one accord? Let me give you one. When we're having church at church, come to church. Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. It's so black and white. There's no gray area here. It's clear that God's formula for the local church to be in one accord is for every member to be at church when we have church. Write this down. Regular congregating. And guess what they did when they came? They remembered the cross. The Bible said breaking of bread when they came together and they had the Lord's Supper. They remembered. They stayed close to the car, cross. Hey, let me tell you something. Choir, keep us close to the cross. Hymns, keep us close to the cross. The singers, keep us close to the cross. Testimonies, keep us close to the cross. Listen, if God called you to preach or teach the word of God, finish at the cross. They had a remembered cross. Write this down. Another sub point. They had a real community. Here's what the Bible says. Church wasn't enough. They got together at people's houses. Oh, some of you are going right now, hold up, hold up, hold up. That's some old school Christianity. Here's what he's saying. They were in such agreement, they couldn't even wait until the next time they came to the temple to get together and talk about Jesus. No, I'm not saying every single day we ought to be at each other, but I'm saying this ought to be, there should be a real community here. And God's body called Open Bible Baptist Church, that church members get together in each other's houses and they have a little talk with Jesus. Real community. Then notice the rejoicing commitment they had. They did eat their meat with gladness, verse 46, and singleness of heart. I tell you, the unanimous position of the New Testament church, they were one accord when it came to being glad. Now, I understand that a lot of people, a lot of you are glad <laughs> church members. The problem is that some glad church members don't tell their faces that they're glad. Now, let me tell you something. You cannot physically manufacture joy. Watch this now. You can't physically suppress it either. Joy is not something a person can give you. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit that only God can give you. And although you can't produce it in your flesh, you can't hide it with your flesh either. I'm simply saying when it's joy, guess what? It's unspeakable and full of glory. I tell you why they were happy. They were happy because there were no cliques. There were no divisions. There were no competitions. There were no, I don't speak to you because you don't speak to me. They were people gathered together with one head, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm almost down now. Watch this. Number seven. They were on one accord and shouting folks. Look at verse 47, praising God. They were praising God in one accord. Watch this. There wasn't one member in the early Testament church that didn't praise God. Ooh. Mm. Well, I'm not a praiser. What do you mean? 
Guess what you have to be to be a praiser? Redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Don't say I'm not a, a praiser because that phrase is synonymous with I'm not redeemed. No, no, no. See, the moment you got saved, you became a praiser. You've been set free, amen? And you shouldn't need the rocks to cry out for you. You ought to be able to cry out for yourself. When they came into the house of God, they praised God. They just didn't praise him in the house of God. They praised him in their own house. Your kids ought to hear you praise God. Your co-workers ought to hear you praise God. Your family members ought to hear you praise God. The people driving on the highway, passing ought to hear you praise God. They had a worshipable attitude. And they had a worthy almighty. They weren't praising themselves. They weren't praising each other. They were praising God. Why? He was worthy to be praised. Number eight. They were one accord and sure favor. Verse 47. Having favor with all people. Here's what amazes me about the 21st century church. It often becomes the object of stigma. Hear what people say. I don't go to church because all of those hypocrites. I'm just telling you what the world says sometimes. Listen, what the world says, I came to church to find me a good wife and found out some of them church girls are worse than the world ones. That's what the world says. Watch this now. I got in church and finally, and finally thought I found some godly friends and went out with some of them singles. And they listened to the same thing my old friends listened to. Watch it, preacher. Listen, listen. They were so unanimous in agreement that people outside the church had favor for them. It ought to be that the neighborhood embellishes open Bible and says, it's holiness in that church. No, 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 I did not say it's a holiness church. I said that there is holiness in that church. Holiness is not a denomination. Holiness is a Bible doctrine. And you're not holiness because you fall out in the aisle. And you're not holiness because your life mirrors, this is what it should be. That your life mirrors the life of Jesus Christ. I mean, there was a Christian representation from the church that commanded respect. These are the same people that had a few chapters earlier screamed, crucify him, and now a few chapters later they're going, we respect them. If every member, every time you left Open Bible Baptist Church lived for God, people will respect this church. And by the way, if you don't want to live for God, don't tell them you're from here. You don't go to a restaurant, act a fool, mistreat the waitress, tip like you're cheap, and then leave Brother Tyler's picture on the table. <laughs> leave your picture on the table. <laughs> it's a bad testimony. So don't just say, people, you shouldn't care what I do when I leave church. No, it's when you leave church where you have the biggest impact. So if you only look like a Christian when you're in church, who are you going to get to come to church with you? They shouldn't tell me what I wear when I'm out of church. Do you take your Christianity off when you exit the building? You're a Christian everywhere you go. We want favor with all people. 
They might not be saved, but that doesn't mean they shouldn't respect us. Lastly, they were one accord in soul fruitfulness. Verse 47, the Lord added to the church. Wow. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. <laughs> Watch this now. Let me tell you what was normal in the New Testament church. People getting saved. Let me tell you what was normal people getting baptized. Let me tell you what's not normal in churches in America today. People getting saved and people getting baptized. I'm glad at Open Bible Baptist Church, people still get saved and people still get baptized. When they don't anymore, we need to shut down. But only God can save people, yeah, but he needs a church with one accord to do it. You're saying God can't save people if we're not in one accord? Sure he can. But the surge of energy that comes through the church when we are unanimous in purpose and spirit and a goal in harmony and unity provides an atmosphere for God's power to move like never before. So you're a member of Cross uh, Open Bible Baptist Church? No. Well, wherever you're a member of, Be on the same page. Determined by the cross or by the grace of God, if God set me in the body, I'm going to get with it. Get involved. Be faithful. Do your job. Stand in your place and be an asset and not a liability. Well, and everybody's going, well, well, you can't expect things to happen in church today like it did in Acts chapter 2, because we live in a different day. Fooey. We serve the same God. And it ought to be that more people are getting saved and more people are getting baptized. And you are, are you a soul winner? I can guarantee you this. If you're not faithful to church, if you're not in your Bible, if you're not committed to Scripture, you don't believe in fellowship, all these things you're not concerned with because you're not concerned about souls because the first eight describes who you are and you don't have to worry about the ninth. Wouldn't it be special if God added to Open Bible Baptist Church daily? Well, how could God add daily? We only come on Sundays and Wednesdays. That means somebody has to be doing something on, a, on the other days. I don't know where you're going tomorrow, but I know where some of you are going. You're going to school, and a whole bunch of us are going to work. Can God add to open Bible tomorrow? Can God add to open Bible on Tuesday? Ask yourself, how many people in 2021 did God add to this church through me? And if all of the adding at the open Bible Baptist church were based on my activity, what kind of church would it be? May God help us in 2022 to be unanimous, dictating a surge of energy from God that can only come when every member is in one accord. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for your word this morning, Father. I pray, Father, that I was obedient to you. And Father, I pray, Lord, that everyone under the sound of my voice preacher included, will not only be hearers of it, 
would be doers of it. May Open Bible Baptist Church in 2022 have greater days because of you. We can't do it individually, but we can do it together with your power. May we come together and may your power come upon us so we can bring forth the gospel to a lost and dying world. We love you. I love you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.